In this episode, we are talking with Adrian Williams, a former CKLA classroom teacher and a director at Student Achievement Partners. We discuss creating and using tech sets in conjunction with CKLA, which may seem like a daunting task, but don't worry. Adrian provides some really sound advice. Links to the resources she mentions are in the episode notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Building Knowledge Podcast. I am so excited to share my guest with all of you today. Um, this is Adrian Williams, and Adrian works for Student Achievement Partners. We have known Adrian for many years um, with her work as a classroom teacher utilizing CKLA in the Center City Schools in Washington, D.C. Um, you were highlighted in the Knowledge Gap, correct? That's now, right. So I'm sure most of you have read that book. If you haven't, get it um, and read it cover to cover. And Adrian ha- was actually featured in the book because that was one of the schools that Natalie Wexler went to um, in her research. So welcome to the program, Adrian. I, again, so excited to have you on. Thanks so much. I'm excited to dig into the conversation today. I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. I did some high level and then your experience with CKLA. Sure. So like you said, I'm, I currently work at Student Achievement Partners. I'm a director over our literacy work, um, but I'm a former third and first grade teacher, curriculum manager, coach, and professional learning designer. And I like to say proud nerd about all things uh, ELA. Um, CKLA was the curriculum that my charter district in DC adopted my first year as a lead teacher. And it was right at the onset of the college and career ready standards. The materials were brand new to me and I knew they were different when I saw the domain topics, but I got excited, um, that we were going to be able to focus on real stuff. So I've taught CKLA, coached around it, developed supplemental materials, and um, designed professional learning grounded in the curriculum. And I will say, like, CKLA really was the vehicle through which I grew and developed as an educator early on in my career. And it's something I'm still very passionate about and excited to, to share more. So I am. I invited Adrienne to talk about tech sets that she developed. So I'd love for you to explain exactly what a tech set is for those people who aren't familiar with them. Sure. So tech sets are an intentionally grouped collection of texts, different media resources, anything from like a trade book to an article, to a song, to a video, all focused around a specific topic. And tech sets are a research-based way to grow vocabulary and knowledge for all students. So why did you decide to add tech sets to your classroom? And then how did they fit into your CKLA instruction? Because I can already hear people saying as they're listening to this, there's no way I can fit anything else into there. What, how does this work? I'm overwhelmed with CKLA. Yes, that's very real. And that is definitely how I felt for the first couple years of implementing. But by year three, um, it became really clear to me that we needed something extra. 
And so I added tech sets to my classroom for two big reasons. The first being that the curriculum moves through content really quickly. You usually only spend one lesson a day on a specific part of the topic. And I wanted my students to have more time with the things that they were most interested in, the things that they wanted to learn more about. Um, I think the first tech set that I wrote was for domain two on the human body. And and it was on germs because they were so curious. I mean, germs are a big part of a first grade classroom. (laughs) And so outside of, you know, the, the limited time we spent on it within the lesson, they wanted to go deeper. And so tech sets was a way to provide more time to dig into some of those topics and questions that my kids were really excited about. And then the second reason um, I added tech sets was really to address some of the issues I saw within the curriculum related to how history was presented or the way um, the storylines, events, and perspectives of Black, Indigenous, people of color were positioned. Um, For example, like across grades, there's domains that focus on explorers like Columbus and Hernan Cortez. And I found the way they were presented in the curriculum just not to be a holistic, accurate representation of the history and the impact of exploration on. on the lands that they quote unquote discovered. And so TechSets was a way to bring in those different perspectives, to bring in different sources, to show a more nuanced picture of what happened. And it really helped engage my first graders in real conversations. Like they noticed these things. And so it helped create a space to really talk about it and build their understanding of history outside of a single story. Um, and so those were the two big reasons why I was like, we need something just just to add on to the great work we were doing in our listening and learning strand. In terms of how did I fit it in? That is the million dollar question. Um, I was really lucky to have a small group kind of center time in my schedule outside of the hour that we had for listening and learning. And so I used that center time, like at my small group table to do tech sets. Um, And I know there's a lot of schools whose schedule isn't set up that way. And so there are ways to be creative on how to fit them in. You can do them during independent reading time. Um, If you do have a separate part or any part of your schedule where small group work is the focus, take like one of those days a week to, to do some tech set work. Um, you can kind of build it in in smaller chunks if you have times in your day like morning meeting or a transition. Like there's ways to make the content bite size. Um, whether that's like, okay, morning meeting, we've got, you know, 15 minutes. Let's show a quick video or look at this quick excerpt or image and have a discussion about it. It can be as big or small as you're able to fit in. And it can be done in terms of engaging the students. You can, again, do small group. If you don't have that time, you can do a whole group. You can set them up to do it in partners. It can be an independent task. Um, There's a lot of different kind of permutations 
that you can just try out. I think that was the biggest thing I realized in the beginning was just to try different things. Like it took me a few iterations to figure out what worked best in terms of our schedule and like structure, but I knew I had to just try something. So I have a couple of of questions. I want to go back to when you were talking about like the explorers in particular. You still presented what was in CKLA and then you added this, correct? You didn't just say, oh, I'm just going to write my own unit. Right, right. That we didn't want to impact the integrity of the design of the curriculum by just removing stuff kind of willy-nilly. And having the the core lesson, the read aloud and the information it presented and the way it positioned that information was a good contrast to whatever we were adding on and help support the conversation and building that awareness in students to notice perspective and to notice um, kind of the different stories that were being told or the different information that was being presented. So yeah, it was really important to us to make intentional choices about what to keep. Um, that might meant that might have meant that when we went through to the read aloud, we like focused on a specific portion of it, and maybe we didn't get through the entire thing. But we we made sure to keep the big ideas um, from what was in the read aloud. Yeah, I like when you were talking about that. It's it's very nuanced what what you actually you know did because you wanted to make sure that you included all of those perspectives and then have those rich discussions, um, which the discussion piece is already built in to CKLA, but sometimes it can be kind of dry. And that's really where the teacher can be a little more creative and and um, let, let their creativity shine is in that discussion piece. So I don't want people to always feel like it's it's scripted, but it's not. That's what I always tell teachers. For it's sure. scripted, but it's not. For sure. I think those questions are a place where I really grew my practice and, and kind of pedagogy and understanding about how to tailor instruction to my students, both to get at the aim of like comprehension and knowledge building. And so looking at those questions, there's text-specific questions that really are aimed at making sure students understood what the read aloud presented. And then there's questions to help them make meaning and interrogate what they understood about the read aloud. And so, you know, as a teacher, you know your students best, like you hear the conversations, the questions that they bring up. And so that's kind of the craft part of it, teaching as the craft. You have to to shape the questions and and sequence the experience in a way that really gets at both what you need to build the academic skills and identity of your students, but also them as, as learners. So I want to dig into, you know, if a teacher wanted to begin to create these tech sets for their students, how should they start? And also how much time does this take? Because, you know, we don't have, we, we never have enough time as teachers. Oh, that's so real. That's so real. Um, so I'll start by saying as student achievement partners, we design and published on our website, a guidance document on how to create your tech set. So we can definitely include that link in the resources. Um, but I can kind of give you an overview of those steps. So it really starts with interrogating yourself and interrogating the materials. 
I'm sure every teacher can point to a domain in CKLA and say, "Mm -hmm, this one raised questions for me. So once you've identified um, a domain or a topic that you want to supplement or support with a tech set, then it's really digging into some, some reflection. Like, what do you already know and believe about this topic and the perspective that's that it's presenting, what do you need to maybe learn more about in terms of those things? And then really looking at the materials themselves to see like, how do these materials connect to, represent, comment on um, the identity, language, and culture of the students in your room? How do these perspectives, um, or how do the materials rather, present different perspectives? And is there a counter narrative? Is there a a side to the story that's missing? And thinking about like, what messages are really being sent to students about, you know, empowerment, about power, about agency um, within the text or topic of the domain. And so starting grounded in that reflection really helps you kind of identify a clear focus or an intention that you want to work towards through your tech set. So once you've identified kind of the domain and you've done that reflection, the next step is really like identify that goal. You want to build this tech set to do what? What's the focus going to be? And this is a really good opportunity to, to ask students like what they want to learn or expand on related to the domain that you chose. And after you've identified a specific kind of goal for the tech set, this is probably the most time intensive part. You have to find resources. And there's a lot out there. um, But it's really helpful to start small. Like, is there a text, a video, an audio, an image? Like keeping it really tight on what are the three to four things you want to show students in this tech set and engage them in, um, and then find those. So finding them is challenging, particularly in in K2, because there's not a lot of like K2 friendly resources, but they are out there. And one of my personal dreams is to be able to create a set of resources that are appropriate for K2 related to some of these topics. Um, so you identify those three or four things you want to show show students, you put them in an intentional order, and then you make a plan. When is this going to happen? When are you going to fit it into your schedule? And what are the opportunities you're going to plan for students to show their learning and thinking in real visible ways? So like, yes, you might um, plan for a discussion, but how do you want to capture the outcomes and the learning from that discussion? How do you make that thinking visible so it lives around your room throughout the domain? Um, And once you have a plan, it's time to put it into action and use it with your students and really um, assess what the impact of using that tech set was on on both their their skills and their knowledge, but also just how they're learning, how they're engaging with one another and getting feedback for them. You can, kids will tell you they are very honest and they usually have a lot to say. Um, 
So as you're using the tech set and, and working through each of those materials, ask them for feedback. And then at the end, really come back to yourself, to your plan, look at the, the evidence and kind of data you've collected throughout using the tech sets and say, okay, here's what I learned about myself. Here's you know what I learned about my students, whether we met the set intention for this tech set or not. Um, it really is a nice kind of sequence of events to both support you and students in, in growing and learning. We will make sure we put the link from Student Achievement Partners of this template so that they can look look that over and when they're thinking about building these. And I had a thought as you were talking that for me, I would have, I as if I was a classroom teacher still, I would have used these not only for domains that I was like, eh, is this really the whole story? But also looking at the domains that for me, I consider, I would have considered boring. Um, and I hate using that word because I do think that most of the domains, the kids are way more jazz than the teachers. Um, but I think part of it is because the teachers are unfamiliar with the content. So they think it's boring. So maybe exploring this through a text that you'd go, oh, there's some really cool things I could be bringing in to my classroom. And, and I will tell our listeners, Adrian has did this amazing thing that she has talked about before at our conferences about going down the Nile when her students were talking about ancient civilizations with Mesopotamia. Um, I, she really immersed her students in the content. And so I doubt if anybody in your class ever thought that what they were learning was boring. It was it was for sure something I encountered with like my colleagues, particularly if the knowledge in the domains is something you weren't familiar with or wasn't a part of your knowledge building growing up. And so, yeah, there were definitely some domains <laughs> where my co-teacher and I were like, okay, what are we going to do? There's got to be something interesting and exciting. And like I said before, I'm a nerd. I like will geek out over all kinds of things, but not everybody is that way. And so you have to find the thing within the domain that is going to spark that curiosity and joy. Um, the civilizations unit for Egypt, it was mummies. We made a whole tech set around mummies because that like blew the kids. They're like, what? They did what? <laughs> and they were fascinated by looking at different diagrams and watching videos and like working through the mummification process. So while it also helped support engagement, I knew I'm like, mm-hmm, and we're building these vocabulary, <laughs> like your understanding and use of these words over and over again. We're building this knowledge that you'll be able to use as you look at other civilizations and their cultural practices. Um, and so it, it doesn't matter what you choose to be the focus other than it should be exciting for you because you have to sell it to students. And it really should be an opportunity to bring the curriculum to life. Um, I feel like you've heard me say many times, CKLA has such potential to be an experience for students, not just to sit on the carpet, listen to the story, look at these flip book pictures, but a real experience. 
And that's where the opportunity lies for teachers to bring their creativity and their style and their personality into their instruction. I distinctly remember sitting in that classroom, you know, with my big roll of blue butcher paper and cutting out the Nile. Um, because first and foremost, those read alouds are long. And I was like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna move? We need to break this up. And so we really just set a portion of the read aloud at different parts of the room and got kids up into our little pretend uh kind of canoes and we were gonna row down to the next part of the read aloud. Um and tech sets can allow for that same kind of exploration and experience. The the world really is your oyster in terms of how you how you bring this to life. And that being said, like there are constraints, time constraints, expectations from your leaders, expectations from your district. And so I recommend like find the small bet. What's the small thing you can try first to like as a first step on this path to shifting your instruction in this way, but it's, it's so worth it. No, absolutely. And I like how you, you were saying about just the small bets, because I know that some people do have it, it very, they have constraints on them, even how they deliver this, but there are ways you could sneak sneak these tech sets. And I know there are. Um, so finally, because you were a CKLA teacher, um, I'd love for you to share any advice that you would have for somebody that is either just starting CKLA this year, or they've been doing it a couple of years and they're still struggling. Yeah, I think first I would suggest like getting really clear on what the struggle or challenge is. Is it in your understanding of the curriculum? Is it just the amount of of things you feel like you need to to get through? And then figuring out what's the small thing that would make it better and asking for help. I There's no way I would have been able to do what I did without the support and collaboration of my colleagues whether that was my co-teacher in the room or the teacher across the hall or my special education specialist, my English language learner specialist, there definitely was something to doing this work in community. So find your community, ask for help, find you know the bright spots, things that are working well for, for others and see what you can try um, to make it just a little bit easier. I think another thing I would suggest, particularly if you're just getting started, is like just read through, just like get an idea of what's all there. And it's a lot. There is a lot there. But once you have kind of the big picture of what's there, then you can make choices. And following it, my first couple of years, I just followed it as is just so I could continue to build my understanding of what all was there. And once I understood what was there, how it was connected, I could be more intentional about what pieces to shift without damaging the integrity of the scope and sequence and how the skills build on one another and and that sort of thing. Um, And there's a lot in the materials. I know, you know, for me as a teacher, I focus primarily on like, okay, what's in this read aloud? What are the questions? What are the activities? But there's a lot of other material in there that 
can really help as you're planning. So like looking at the suggested text list. When you're building a text set, start with the list they already made. You don't have to go find things kind of randomly on your own. Like they have a list to start from and it's a good place to start from. Um, I would also say don't reinvent the wheel. Like as you do this work in community, as you explore resources that that are out there, really try to leverage the work that's been done so that you aren't um, spending your limited time um, doing something that somebody has already figured out. So I think those would be my main things. And lastly, I guess, like, give it a chance. Give it a chance. There are times that it will feel overwhelming. There are times when it's not going to go well. It's not going to go according to your plan. And you'll learn from those things. But there will be bright spots. There will be moments where, you know, you're listening to your students reenact the Revolutionary War at recess. Or you're listening to them walk around the school identifying the different types of trees. There are so many little moments that show the impact that CKLA can have and hold on to those, celebrate those, elevate them and share them with your students and your families and your leaders. Like CKLA became something that facilitated deeper relationships with parents and families in my classroom. They'd come in, oh, my kid came home and taught me all about this from his domain and I had no idea. And, and, it became a collective community learning experience. And that that's the power of CKLA. I love everything that, that you just said. It, it, they're real, it can be very, very powerful and it can build the community. Um, and that's why, that's why I love it. Uh, but thank you so much, Adrian, for being on. You know how much we love you and we think that you are just amazing. Um, and I, we really appreciate it. We will make sure that we have the link in the notes to the template. Um, and we hope that everybody starts using some tech sets. Start small. You don't have to go big right off the bat. Start small, um, and find those little, those little pieces of success that'll help you, help you move forward. This has been lovely. You know, I can talk about CKLA all day. So appreciate, (laughs) appreciate the opportunity to share some of the work we're doing in in Texas. Thank you so much. 